This podcast is brought to you by the good people over at Gamefly. With over 9,000 titles for the PS4, PS3, Xbox One, Xbox 360, Nintendo Switch, Wii, and other consoles, there's no better time for gamers to make the most of their systems by using Gamefly to play all the new and classic games for as little as 32 cents a day. To start your 30-day free trial, head on over to cinemageekly.com slash Gamefly or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. episode of I'm a Doctor, Not a Podcast, Cinema Geekly Star Trek Podcast. It is the Chief Petty Officer, Anthony Lewis, and of course, the Fleet Admiral himself, Ben Knight. Ben, how are you? I am alive and present. Which... Let's just go no further than that. <laughs> Let's just leave it at that. And we We're are... a week into um, 2020. It's already off and... to a bad start. Yeah, there's a part of a country, roughly <laughs> the whole size of my whole country, is on fire. Yes. Uh, our Prime Minister is missing, um, which normally I wouldn't necessarily chalk up as a bad thing. Uh, and your president seems to be hell-bent on declaring war on Iran. So, yeah. you know, I think we've done well a week in, haven't we? Yeah, we're a few days in, and let's eh, it's already just, let's move on to 2021, shall we? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's just... Let's just hit the reset button. A load of sci-fi to distract us all from yes. all of this dystopian nonsense. Like, like little me... In my friend's house years ago, getting frustrated, playing uh, co-op games, I just reach over and I just hit the reset button and mm. my friend looks at me very upset. But I would like to do that right now for 2020. Can we just hit the reset button? Let's go back. Let's try it again. Uh, we Off to a bad start, but maybe if we just uh, call a mulligan, start over, uh, maybe it won't be so bad. Uh, people are listening to this in their bunker in eight years' time. <laughs> They'll go, oh, they thought it was bad then. Yeah, just wait. You have you poor fools, you have no idea what's in store for you. Uh, well, in the meantime, uh, while we wait until that horrific day, we are here to talk about two uh, short treks as we eagerly anticipate uh, the debut of Star Trek Picard. There's going to be one more short trek that uh, premieres shortly actually, as we record this, a few days. Mm. Uh, but that one is tied in to the Picard uh, show, I believe? Loosely. Children of Mars, what we know about at the moment, there is some uh, leaked content available online, which, I thought I say leaked, I think it actually comes from... They put a, a trailer little... out, yeah. Yeah, there was a trailer, but there were also some clips shown 
mm. at I forget which Comic Con um, very recently, but yeah, uh, don't know whether it's. I mean, suppose it was built originally as a direct prequel to Picard. Hmm. So I think quite a few theories online are these are the young version of characters who we're going to see in Picard. I'm not. Sure, I mean, yeah, I'm not sure that's right. I think they may be part of the cast of Picard, but I guess time will tell. We'll find out, and and we'll probably just hold on to that until we get to the first episode and then review that before we talk about the first episode. Um, I think, uh, I mean, I guess yeah. it'll depend. There is a little bit of time in between them. Uh, Children of Mars gets released okay. on the ninth and the first episode of Picard is on the 23rd. So yeah. 24th a, in the UK listeners. Yes. It'll, it'll be a wait and see type thing. Uh, we'll wait and we'll see, especially depending on, on Ben's schedule. I'm currently interrupting him from his job right now to, to talk about these animated Star Trek shorts. Uh, <laughs> worth it, I would say. Uh, yeah, so, season two, episode four of the short treks is Ephraim and Dot. Why the episode is titled that, Ben, I don't know because we're, I guess we are to believe that the tardigrade is Ephraim and the repair drone is Dot, although I don't think we were yeah. ever told those things. Um, okay. That's who they are. Okay, nice to know. That's isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, here is the, like, two or three sentence rundown of the episode. A tardigrade, looking for a place to lay her eggs, crosses paths with the USS Enterprise and is attacked by a repair drone named Dot. When the Enterprise self-destructs, Dot helps save Ephraim's eggs when the eggs hatch, the pair travel with the baby tardigrades together. Although, this is much more than those sentences say. Interspecies uh, dysfunctional abusive relationship born out of, um, well, necessity. I guess. Uh, yeah. So, I hope, for the sake of my brain, Ben, that these episodes are not supposed to be continuity or canon or something i'm not sure how you'd fit this into the canon really although of course it does literally because these events all occur um whilst the soundtrack is the archive recordings of um uh kirk and uh khan and, and sulu uh, Sulu. i can't remember if there's anyone else in there but um yeah so I mean, which is fun and it's geeky and entertaining and all that's going on and there's some nice yeah. animation going on around it but that is the extent to which it is canon it is such an odd little feature at this one yeah if you view this solely as an unrelated like fanimation video of mm. Star Trek complete like entirely as just a cartoony cartoon this is okay but if you're trying to tell me I need, like, if you're trying to tell me this somehow takes place in the universe, I can't for various reasons. But I think the clue to all of this is that this comes from, or in terms of the direction anyway, it comes from uh, Michael Giacchino, yes. who isn't a writer, a director particularly, he's a musician. He scores yeah. um, sci-fi and has scored plenty of stuff in the... Uh, yeah, he scored all stuff. three uh, Kelvin Universe Star Trek films. He also scored Rogue One, and he also did yeah. some music for this episode. He did, and the music of this episode seems to be... 
I wonder if we started from the music and worked backwards a little bit. <laughs> um, it has a slight feeling of that. I heard somewhere, and I don't know whether this is true because I haven't seen it repeated officially anywhere, um, that effectively what these were were um, attempts to demonstrate different animation styles mm-hmm. that, that might then carry a Star Trek animation series forward. Yes. And a couple, a couple of the various versions were effectively so good that they were tweaked a bit and, you know, obviously given some slightly better production values and turned into these short tracks. I could just about buy that. Um, certainly for this episode, it, in fact, mm. it has a very distinct feel of that. The fact that they didn't clear up the audio, for example, clean up the audio for the archived um, recordings, it's it's very much rough dropped into um, uh, into the, the sound. A little weird, I, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wonder whether that might be what happened here. Possible. It was, it was, it was cute. It was various things along those lines, except for the fact that anyone who's ever watched Red Dwarf knows that you know scutters are always going to be a pain in the ass. <laughs> the uh, and that's what Dot is. I mean, from from the get go, I was like, "What are we doing here?" Like they they have this like uh, archival footage talking about tardigrades, but it's like black and white and grainy film. And I'm like, "Okay, what what is happening here?" And then it gets even weirder once this tardigrade comes across the Enterprise. uh, Because it's trying to escape from this repair drone. Which I'm pretty sure the original Enterprise did not have. Uh, At least we were never introduced to them. But uh, we get, like, this Easter egg. We get, like, this scene from Space Seed where Kirk and uh, Bones are, like, in sickbay talking to to Khan, who's, like, laying on the bed in sickbay. And then they start, like, fighting around in the ship. And, like, the next thing you know, it's, like, drunk Sulu with his his foil and, like, trying to, like, fence security guards. And then the next thing you know, the tardigrade gets, like, shoved out an airlock and he's following the ship. And it's just, from moment to moment, it's like, there's Abraham Lincoln, there's the space hand, there's oh, the doomsday machine. I mean, I enjoyed it as, like, a piece of animation. Like, I really liked it, but I was trying to follow, like, what's actually happening here? In the story is, like, are we watching time pass by? Or is this just, like, it's art, man? Like, is that what's happening? It's supposed to be time passing by. But again, it does also have the feeling of um, we were showcasing, you know, ways that we would reproduce moments from Star Trek to show you in an animation form what we would do with it. That's why I think I do just think this might have been a a sort of um, window dressing piece for, uh, or maybe even a pitch by um, these animators. We do go all the way to the refit Enterprise, like mm-hmm. in Wrath of Khan, and then one step further into uh, Search for Spock, because that's, of course, when the ship explodes. And, of course, the episode's most egregious error, because if you look at the dish, it's 1701A, which is, of course, yes. the rebuilt Enterprise, or the repurposed Constitution-class ship, Uh the A did not explode in that movie. <laughs> so again though, perhaps the rough around the edges bit again somebody, demonstrating yes, that's not what it was supposed to be. Somebody did tweet Jacino about this and he's like, Yeah, that's a mistake. Yeah. Uh he's like, We were just going really fast on this thing. And yeah. <laughs> it's like, Wow, well, well kudos for your honesty. Uh what did you think of the animation style? 
Uh, I liked it for the most part. There were, it was a little incongruent in some areas because it looked like I kind of got what they were doing a little bit. It sort of felt like when they showed the crew, it sort of felt like they were trying to recreate a bit of the animated series mm-hmm. vibe. Whereas, like, Ephraim and Dot were not. They were their own smoother, more modern animation style. But yeah. for the most part, I liked it. It kind of had the car- had a bit of a cartoony, cell- like, cell-shady look to it a little bit. Uh, very different from the next episode, which was much more of a modern animated look. Pixar style. Yes. 3D type this was, yeah. this was a little more 2D looking. But it didn't fall down the, the usual trap of, well, every modern animation that's been made in the last 15 years, which is make it super cheap and make it entirely look like sort of low rent manga. Um, yeah, this looked good. Yeah. Um, it really had a, a touch of warmth to it, which you you just don't get with that animation style. And mm-hmm. again, thinking that it might have been a showcasing thing, the fact that they put the old animation style, I think that was a deliberate decision to, to make that old animation style for the uh, original series characters yeah. alongside the, the very much more modern lead two characters in this episode. And then between like all the backgrounds and everything else, they they varied as to which animation style they followed so I do wonder whether this really was a look we can here's our sort of sliding scale between how old fashioned and how modern you would like this to be yeah but the extremes and I I don't know whether um, those who are involved in the design of this ultimately will be involved in an animated series for the Star Trek universe but I kind of hope they are because the style is watchable in a way that I, I just can't find the modern low-rent animations to be watchable. Yeah, I uh, I agree. Uh, I think it's really well done, and I wouldn't mind if this is sort of... Because there are some animated projects going on in the future. Mm. I wouldn't mind if they modeled more after this. Uh, <laughs> I, I, think it's a, I think it's a good look, although... You know, this to me was very much just, as you said, it kind of felt more like a proof of concept than an actual thing. Mm, Like, here's what an animated Star Trek could look like. We just tossed this little thing together and here's, you know, what do you think? Um, That being said, uh, we should probably move along to the next one because I realize that we have been talking about this episode longer than the actual episode runs for (laughs) itself. So, hardly worth it for that, but... Uh, the next episode, episode five, is the girl who made the stars. Uh, and this one is about a young Michael Burnham, her and her father. They are on their, uh, space station. And, uh, she feels like they're all alone in the dark and she wants a nightlight on. And her father eases her fears of the dark by telling her a story about a young African girl. In the story, the girl's people fear the dark because of a predatory night beast but the girl braves the night and discovers an alien that gives her a new light. The girl uses this to create the stars and grows up to be a warrior queen. And this helps Michael sleep without the, the lights on. And I believe this is a story that she references in the first episode of season two of discovery. So that ties in, uh, quite nicely. And I thought this was a better story obviously than the first one, which just felt like it was all over the place. 
Um, this felt like less of a straight up cartoon, uh, and just more of an anim, a, a well done animated story. Uh, but also at the same time, so short that it was just like, oh, okay, that was okay, I guess, and that was it. Uh, yeah. What did you think? Again, had the well had the feeling, didn't it, of being another proof of concept? Uh, yes. <laughs> and they they took a story that was a nice, simple you know simple pre-written story effectively for these purposes uh because of the uh um, the season two reference to it mm-hmm. and said okay this is what it would look like if we made it i i didn't hate it i didn't like the animation style anyway it had none of the charm that uh Ephraim and dot had yeah um because it was all a bit it was all a bit disneyfied sort of massive eyes and mm-hmm. um and what have you and uh, it had no real depth to it, which is a bit daft given that this was the 3D one as opposed to the other one. Well, young um, Michael had the big eyes. Her dad had weirdly small eyes. Yeah, her dad was a bit strange. Wasn't and, I, he? and I don't think he was animated particularly well either, but... No. Um, me. And they they sort of made him... I can't remember which particular... There's a, there's a Batman animated series that had quite a lot of characters drawn in the same way that he was, and I can't remember which one it was. Mm-hmm. Um... And I, I, I haven't looked, I haven't been nerdy enough to look through and see who was involved in this one, but I wondered whether it had some some connection to that. It, it was okay, but if these were both um, proof of concept uh, or, or pitches, um, for me, it's a no-brainer. It's uh, Ephraim and Dot's um, uh, vision of the animated world, not this one. I, I didn't dislike this, yeah. um, but it, it didn't do anything for me in any greater sense. I'm quite pleased it was as short as it was, actually, because I think... I was beginning to find myself thinking, okay, whatever. Well, this is, yes. Like, this is all right, I guess. Uh, How long until Star Trek Picard? Mm. Uh, Was sort of my feelings. Uh, Unambitious, I think, might be the word I'd use for it. Given that they had the source material already available to them, um, Mm -hmm. it felt unambitious. This really do just feel like proof of... I I mean, I'm really... Like, I don't have anything specifically, uh, no hard evidence to suggest that your theory is the case here, but it really does feel to me like these were just, you know, proof of concepts. And they're like, you know what? These aren't half bad. Let's, let's put these out here as uh, like track shorts or whatever. And I think that's why they were dumped together. I think that's why they were separated from the first batch and the last one. Um, yeah. I think it was so people could, I think part of it might've actually been literally so they could monitor the metrics for people watching them and people's reactions to them. Mm-hmm. So it didn't get lost in the noise of the other tracks. I, I think everything about the way this was made and the way it's been released screams this is a, a you know effectively these are the last two in a, a competition yeah, in terms of yes. which of these gets made and or you know which one of these gives you the template for what's being made which one do you uh, like is, yes yeah and if it is the case I, I'd be surprised if um the team behind girl who made the stars uh got the gig over the team who made um Ephraim and Dot yeah well, I mean, the but kids... I suspect FM Dot probably cost a lot more money to make. I suspect quite possibly it could. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Overall, I would say that these were just fine, but completely missable. Yeah. Like yeah. you just there's nothing you need to see here. Um, yeah. The only the only bit of anything that this really adds to anything at all is uh, that the story that Michael tells we now learn in this, that it was her father who told her the story when she was a little girl. And apparently when reading a review of this, 
the the writers and directors talked about how this was actually supposed to be seen uh, originally in scene form for the final episode of season two uh, to kind of mm. cap uh, her telling the story at the beginning. And obviously so much of the story being about her mother that they had wanted to do this originally for the finale, but so much was going on in the finale that the idea it got dropped early on. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was a good decision to pull that. That would have, that would have caused problems with, a yeah. lot of the way that that ran. And they showed it here, so that's okay. Yeah. I'm alright with that. What it does show, though, is that these short tracks, the first batch and the second batch, um, provide a really nice bendy format for adding things to um, to the universe. So, mm-hmm. whether it's developing story further, whether it's showing you the bit that happened off screen, whether it's um, you know the cheeky humor or, or whatever they because there's no rigid format in terms of length or or anything about them style whether they've got you know main actors and characters in them or whether they haven't because they're so flexible um i love the short track format mm-hmm. I, I just find it really appealing yeah um they've got this little bit where they can go do you know what here's 10 minutes go fill in this blank or you know Imagine what this would be, or whatever. I, I, I long may that continue. I, I can't imagine it is sensible financially for CBS, but then that's their problem, not mine. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I, uh, I agree. Uh, and by the way, one more thing here that I did not even realize. Somebody else points out in Ephraim and Dot that the uh, the uh, the Starfleet Archive uh, video talking about the space mm. tardigrade mentions the mycelial network, which is supposedly mm. something that nobody should know about or talk about because it was banned from the records. It's a classified kids' information cartoon. <laughs> you know, those. They only they only show those to the to the uh to the children's program for section thirty one. <laughs> that's a there's a horrifying thought. <laughs> yes. Section thirty one child youth wing. Yes. That's section thirty one youth. We, uh, we start. We started this episode on a slightly sinister note. I feel we're going to end it on one. <laughs> yes, we've we, we have successfully we have successfully managed to do that. Um, all right, so uh, that's the episode here. I'm not even going to bother rating these episodes. They were so short and left such a mark on me. Like, uh, I'll tell you what, vote, vote for the one that you want. Let's pretend that that is what they're doing. I've made my vote. Twenty four. Oh, like future Star Trek animated series will be determined by my vote. Mm-hmm. Uh, how I would like them to look, uh, Ephraim and Dot. I like the mm-hmm. animation style there. I I'm sure they're going to go with the girl who made the stars because that's a much more modern looking uh, design. Yeah, uh, but I, I really like the look of Ephraim and Dot. I thought it was a, a I don't know. There's some callback to like some of it is like nostalgia button for me a little bit. Yeah, I did not grow up as much on the three like. And in some ways, the girl who made the stars is prettier because they're using, you know, uh, lighting effects and everything feels a little more tangible because it's all 3D. It looks like you could grab them, uh, Mm. that sort of thing. It's got that modern aesthetic to it, but I don't know. I like that a little bit more of that classic look. Um, I think people should tweet us and tell us on the Facebook page which one. I I genuinely would quite like to see. Sure. of people who listen to this show saying which one they'd vote for. We're all on we're on 
all social media platforms, I guess, or the ones that still exist, or the ones at least that still exist that most people use yeah. at Cinema Geekly. Uh, Get your TikToks done. Yes. Oh, we don't I have a TikTok. We we should do that. Uh, I don't know what the I, hell I would do with that. Was but. A thing. I, yeah, yeah, I'd heard it. Somewhere. My nephew told me about TikTok. So. <laughs> we're, we're not the we're not the youngest podcast in the land anymore. We've well, I heard it referenced on. Um, uh, what's the show with um, Tom Merritt and Molly Wood? Um, it's a thing. That's what it's called. Yeah, it's, it's a thing. thing. They uh, were talking about uh, TikTok. Yeah. I mean, feeling old here, but I once we hit later into 2020, that will officially have marked our ninth year of podcasting as a website. Wow, that's insane to me right now. But uh, yeah, mm. here we are. Uh, so we're not as young as we used to be, and TikTok <laughs> is a thing, but we don't have one of those. So. <laughs> Uh, I know none of the kids are on Facebook anymore. Uh, we do have an Instagram that mm-hmm. I should post more to as well, but I I've got an Instagram that's mainly now pictures of my cat, as you know. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, I think we're on, we're, we're still on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Cinema Geekly. So, uh, if you do feel like that, uh, if you do feel like that strongly, that there's an animation, an animation Star Trek choice that you prefer. I would like to hear it as well. Although I'm pretty sure they've already made up their minds. I think they have animated shows in the works. Are you suggesting we're going to do something online that's futile? Yeah. I mean, mean, that'll never catch on. Break the mold. That's my my motto for 2020. (laughs) Do what hasn't been done. We are boldly going, sir. Where everyone has gone before. Desperate for an audible advert or something, isn't it? (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, All right, so uh, that's the episode. Uh... Head on over to cinemageekly.com where you can check out the archives of the show. Uh, and, of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify. Just search for I'm a Doctor, not a podcast, hit subscribe. Uh, that way you can hear us come back next time. We're going to be talking about the final short trek of Season 2. It's called Children of Mars. And, of course, we'll also be talking about the premiere episode, episode number one of Season 1 of Star Trek Picard. Make it so. Make it so.